This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. <laughs> Monica, why are you laughing at me? Because it's because of your beans. <laughs> my special beans. Yes. I let him go. I didn't know he'd stolen my beans. Writing <laughs> my arugula and ripping up my rampy. I know my champion. every lyric. My favorite. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, Big Papa. I'm so I'm so sad. I mean, I'm sad, but also he's 91. So, was was 91. So sorry, was 91. May he rest in peace, Stephen Mr. Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim. Thank you for everything, Stephen. Thank you for everything, Stephen. Somebody teach me to tie my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that Being goes. Being in school. <laughs> Excellent musical. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Company Junior. <laughs> Someone to feed me my snack. <laughs> Goldfish crackers. <laughs> Sorry, we're taking this too far. Uh, if you can't tell, we loved Papa Sondheim dearly. I love Sondheim so much. We've been in many a Sondheim show. We've seen many a Sondheim show. Mm-hmm. We've listened to many a Sondheim show. This is life. And such is la vie, senor Sondheim. <laughs> How are you, Monica? I'm doing well, Jessica. How are you? You know, I'm feeling a bit under the weather, but I'm here. Yeah, you and your beans. My beans. Tell the listeners about your beans. Well, I got my COVID booster, <clears throat> which is fine <laughs> and great. Go get it. Go get your booster. Um, I have no political agenda, but go get vaccinated. Uh. Please get vaccinated. <laughs> Please end this. <laughs> Please end this war. Uh. <laughs> But so I got my booster and I didn't feel anything the day after. And then today I woke up um, feeling like shit. I don't feel like ill. I mean, actually, I feel a little ill right now. You feel sick. But earlier today, I wasn't really feeling sick today. I just kind of like my whole body hurt and my lymph nodes are really swollen and in a lot of pain. I feel like I was in a car accident. And lymph nodes are the size of beans. Beans. And you can feel the ones near my collarbone. The special beans. (laughs) And that is a reference from Into the Hoods by Mr. Stephen Sondheim. So that's Full what we, circle. That's what we were talking about before we, <laughs> we uh, yeah. decided to start doing this. The beans. The beans. The special beans. The magic beans. <laughs> um, I am particularly excited about our daddy today. Are you? I am. I really, really I'm am. I'm particularly Please, this is a thing that we keep doing where we accidentally <laughs> um, pick daddies like according. They like line up somehow with holidays with or birthdays, etc. Did not pick Tom Hanks, who is our daddy today, because it was tea Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, that didn't happen. That but just, that it just worked perfectly. Yeah, but just you know, happy tea Thanksgiving. Yes, happy, uh, I, happy Thanksgiving. I everyone. hope you hugged a Hank today, <laughs> or a Tom. Or if, Tom. You can, if you can't find a Hank, because that is harder, mm-hmm. hug a Tom. Hug a Tom. Hug a Tom. Watch a Tom Hanks film. Can I? May I suggest Sully? Tom Hanks. Inferno. <laughs> Why are Tom you Hanks. so obsessed with Sully? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Inferno. Tom Hanks. Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks. Brill. The Da Vinci Code. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that one was a surprise. And also the second one and the and the third one. He was in three. Yeah. 
That's what I hear. I can't remember. How one of them's called like a, one of them. One of them angels is called, and demons. Yeah, angels and demons, and the other one's called like the the Da Vinci Code, but the second one or something. Two. No, no, no. One of them is about the environment. The Da Vinci Recoded. The Da Vinci Code saves America, and I think that's what it's called. <laughs> but environmentalism. Oh, good. Okay. It's good for the kids. It's good for the kids to know about All the kids who watch the Da Vinci Code and read Dan Brown books. They you know, need those to know kids. about the environment. <laughs> if the kids don't know, then they don't know. They don't know. They're not going to get it. They from won't this know podcast. what they don't know. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to tell you about Tom Hanks, Monica. Go ahead. Unless you had something else to add. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, uh, I needed, I need everyone to know about the movie that we saw together. Oh, we should get to that in our dabbling section. I strongly agree with you. Okay. Stick around for that. Stick around <laughs> for the show. And we'll be right back. Now back to the show. Let me tell you about Tom Hanks. Thomas Jeffrey Hanks is an American actor, filmmaker, cultural icon, and America's dad. Known for both his comedic and dramatic roles, he is one of the most popular and recognizable film stars in the world and is the fourth Highest grossing actor in North America, grossing $9.96 billion worldwide. Wow. As a teenager, Hanks was described as a Bible-toting evangelical who was horribly, painfully shy. He began doing theater in high school and through college, eventually moving to New York City in 1979 to make his film debut in a low-budget slasher film called He Knows You're Alone. Let's watch it. Oh, God. The following year, he landed his first leading role in ABC's Bosom Buddies, leading Hanks to move to L.A. And TBH, the rest is kind of history. The 90s were huge for Hanks. He broke through with a series of leading comedy roles in films like Splash, Big, and A League of Their Own. In 1993 and 1994, he won two consecutive Academy Awards for Best Actor for starring in Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. He also began his long-standing collaborative relationship with Steven Spielberg in 1998, starting with the epic Saving Private Ryan, as well as a relationship with Nora Ephron, making him an iconic leading man in her films and plays. Daddy Hanks has had a long and varied career appearing in some of our all-time faves like Sleepless in Seattle, Apollo 13, The Green Mile, Castaway, Toy Story, Cloud Atlas, and genuinely so many more. When he's not acting, producing, directing, etc., he is an outspoken Democrat, environmentalist, advocate for space education and exploration. You must hate that. <laughs> Listen, I support him. I just find it scary. You support him, but you don't support space. I support NASA. <laughs> I just do don't want to go. Do you support <laughs> space? Stop. <laughs> He's also an avid collector of manual typewriters, which he uses almost daily. Now, seriously, in 2014, he released an app called Hank's Writer, which is meant to emulate the experience of using a typewriter. I, and Monica has the app. I downloaded this app in 2014 when it came out. Do you and still have it? Yes. And everyone made fun of me for it. Who the fuck is laughing now? Huh? I mean, I think people are still laughing. I don't think anyone uses it. <laughs> well, you know what? I use it. One of one. Okay. He has also written a collection of short stories inspired by his typewriter collection. Daddy Hanks's hold on this world is honestly pretty remarkable. He's widely considered the best actor of all time and has been honored accordingly, winning the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award in 2020. Oh, and he is also the daddy to four children, one of which is unfortunately Chet, H Chet Hanks, but we won't talk about it. It's him. genuinely so unfortunate <laughs> that one of his spawn is Chet fucking Hanks. Chet fucking Hanks. Chet Hanks. Like honestly, though, boy. Tom, Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with you. You named your kid Chet. White boy summer. This is your problem. Was his whole deal. This is your fault a little bit. 
I'm going to have to agree. You know? I'm going to have to agree. Why, why the fuck would you name your child Chet? Chet? And you know what? Justice for Colin. Justice, Justice for, for Colin, Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks was on an uh, was on a season of Dexter, and he was the star, and he was great. He, isn't he in a in a TV show now, or wasn't he? It's called like Life in Pieces or something like that. I don't know, but I would support him. Okay, I would support I Colin support Hanks. Him. I think he's like doing other stuff now too. He also does voiceover work for his dad. God bless him. Literally, God <laughs> bless him. He's the voice of every like uh, Woody doll you know. <laughs> And um, Tom Hanks's brother apparently also does a lot of his voice work. Incredible. They all sound the same. Ah! <laughs> you want to tell us about the first film? Yes. Of our favorite unproblematic stand. I feel like some of these choices might surprise people. I agree, which I'm happy. They're all aquatic in nature. <laughs> we only had any interest in reviewing uh, Tom Hanks's most aquatic films. Tom Hanks in the Warder. <laughs> uh, no, in reality, it was an accident. he just it was okay it's really hard to pick movies for this man it's so hard because he's done everything everything. and so we picked ones that a we wanted to watch and b that kind of like hit all of his time periods yeah well we're gonna do multiple episodes yeah we'll do another one on him but uh first to start next year when i feel like watching saving private ryan again woof you can only watch that movie like once every, every five years, decade, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Just like Schindler's List. You can only watch Ooh. Schindler's List once every like lifetime. To I, be that honest. means that we're not doing a Liam Neeson episode. No, we soon. have to do a Liam Neeson but episode. But I saw Schindler's List for the first time like a year ago. Oh, you fucked up. I didn't know. You didn't know. Pete Core with a Pete score. You didn't know. <laughs> Jesus. I did not know. God. Okay, Monica, tell us about the first film. Movie numero un. Numero un. Is the one and only <laughs> Splash. <laughs> Came out in 1984, written by Lowell Gans, Babalu Mandel, and Bruce J. Friedman, directed by Ron fucking Howard. You know the man. You know him. You love him. <laughs> Alan Bauer, played by Tom Hanks, is reunited with a mermaid played by Daryl Hannah, who saved him from drowning as a boy. He falls in love with her, not knowing who or what she really is. And what she is is a mermaid. And what she is is a fish. She She's a fish. She's a fish with a capital F. I mean, okay, just right off the bat, I need to say that John Candy is a gift and I miss him. A treasure. Gone, truly gone too soon. <sighs> What a loss. A beautiful soul. What a beautiful man. And also very surprising that they cast him as like a cocky playboy. It's true. Because that is not how he's portrayed in any other movie. No, but I like that I like that I he liked came it. off as a as a cocky guy, as like yeah. a confident guy. Yeah. And I don't know, they always he was very like stereotypically cast as like the the unwanted one. Yes, correct. Uh, and it was just nice to see him in a more powerful position. It was very nice. It was just it was so lovely. Love that man. And he had so many gags in this movie that were so just many fabulous. So fab. Okay, but to Tom. 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 Let's get Hanks. into Tom. He's so young and he's so cute. He's so young he barely has chest hair. <laughs> and he's the perfect rom com lead. But this one I feel is different from his other rom-coms because one, it's, an, it's a really early one. It's from the eighties rather than like his 90s stuff with Nora Ephron. And he, this character isn't like, it's not, he's not like universally likable. He's not portrayed as like the all around nice guy. He's just 
like he gets kind of angry at times and makes inappropriate jokes sometimes and is really kind of frustrated with his life. And so I like that like Tom Hanks for once is not being portrayed as like the perfect man. I agree. I like that he's not perfect. I like that he's so young mm-hmm. because he, he comes off as fucking stupid. Yes. Which I love, but stupid in only a, in only the way a young guy can be. Yeah. Really naive, really kind of dead set in his ways, doesn't really change anything about himself despite the fact that he like continuously can't keep a relationship. Correct. Will not change. <laughs> <laughs> and I I love how he tackles being in community with other people on this film. Like the way that he is able to flawlessly and seamlessly transition between one actor to the next is so incredible for his age. Yeah. Like how old was he when this film came out? Like 20? I think maybe a little older, but yeah. Or I think he was 20, like 27. 27. Yeah. He looked like he was 12. He's born the same year as my mom. He looked 12. He does look 12. You're correct. He literally looks 12. Yeah. And I think it's especially impressive when you consider like how insane the plot of this film is. And so crazy. Like I thought I had never seen Splash before, but I, for some reason, had just like assumed it was like a stupid movie because <laughs> oh it god. seems like it would be. Oh my god. <laughs> And then when we were looking at movies to see and everyone kept saying like Splash is his best rom-com performance. And I was like, really? And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, it really is. Because despite the insanity of the plot, like he, he really commits to this, like these real emotions that he feels about this fucking mermaid woman. It's true. It's kind of wild. (laughs) The commitment is so fucked up. Like, it is absolutely bananas that this man makes like falling in love with a fish completely believable. Yes. Like all, and he takes it all the way. All the way. There is this scene that I love when they're in this video store <laughs> and uh, the mermaid at this point, she has no name. She will eventually have a name in the movie. Uh, but he is trying to find her. Tom Hanks' character is trying to find her because he's lost her. Where is she gone? Oh, she's gone to Bloomingdale's. Oh, uh-huh. she's gone to the mall. Where Where are you? Where are you? He walks into the, he walks into the video store to find her. She's like exercising in front of all these TV screens. <laughs> and he's like, oh, here you are. Like, okay, so like, what, what's your name? Like, what do I call you? Because I've been trying to look for you everywhere. And like, bitch, where you at? And she goes, oh, like, it's hard to say in English because she just learned English from, you know, watching, watching TV. TV yeah. uh, and out comes the most piercing <laughs> sound on the face of the planet in this, like, alien, like, demonic tongue. Yeah. It's like a dolphin screech. It's and like it a, breaks all the TV screens. And it breaks every TV screen in the video <laughs> store. And Tom just goes okay well (laughs) and he still leaves with her yeah because he is smitten i'm sorry tom but what country has a language that sounds like that well the thing is is because it's funny he's like so into her because in a way because of like how sexual she is because all she wants to do is bang it's true. Which is pretty funny. And also, can we remember that this is a Disney movie? Like the live action Disney movies that were coming out in the 80s 
insane. Not held to the same standards <laughs> Disney has Not now. at all. The number of like sexual innuendos in this movie and like, I think the only, I read that for uh, when they put it on Disney Plus, cause you can watch it on Disney Plus right now. Which if you have Disney Plus, please go watch it. The only thing that they changed was there's a scene where she like runs back into the ocean and normally you can see her bare butt, but they like digitally lengthened her hair so that it covers her butt. That's the only edit Disney made. <laughs> oh yeah, Disney. Oh yeah, Disney. You wanna keep us all decent. Also, I had no idea that the name Madison was not a girl's name until this movie came out. Yeah. No yeah. idea. Madison wasn't a name. This movie literally put the name Madison on the map. It was a it was like a last name because obviously there's like James. James Madison, Madison. et cetera. Madison a- Avenue. A- anyone, anyone else named Madison? I mean, I name? think it's a last name or a boy's name. One it's, of the two. It was definitely a boy's name for sure. But it was, Madison it was a boy's name. It was not a girl's name until fucking 1984. Isn't that crazy? Now you can't walk three feet without meeting a Madison. Yes. Maddie's everywhere. Everyone knows a Madison or mm-hmm. a Maddie or a Mad. <laughs> mad. Hey, Mad. <laughs> uh, it was funny because Jessica and I were watching this uh clip this video clip of of a young boy named josh gad he um you know that young boy yeah (laughs) he has like he has one of those web shows those like low budget web shows he's kind of you'd have to google him or something he's like a pretty niche youtuber it's really hard he like does like games and something i don't know my brother turned me on to him oh okay you know the kids the kids uh and he was talking about, uh, or, or he brought the the cast of Splash onto his reunion web series, and uh, Tom Hanks was talking about Disney being not what it is today. <laughs> and what did he say, Jessica? He said something like, "He said it was like an underfunded junior <laughs> college or something he like said, that." Disney was not the Disney of today. Disney looked like the campus of an underfunded junior college. <laughs> Which I just thought was absolutely hilarious. It's very funny. But like this movie, honestly, is kind of a triumph because it was just a bunch of people in their like mid twenties making this fucking Disney movie, which that makes me feel like I've done nothing with my life. I but, know, you know, it's it's different fine. times. It was a different it's time. True. It's true. Also, like Ron Howard is one of my favorite people of all time. He's amazing. Everyone knows this. He's amazing. He's just so good. And all of his little comedic touches are in this film. But the thing is that Tom makes everything yes. so good in this movie that every little morsel of funny that exists in this film is delivered so perfectly by Tom because he has such incredible comedic chops. Yes. And it he just fucking shines in this movie. Like he doesn't do as many comedies now. Yeah. Pretty much none. But ever since the Da Vinci early- Code. <laughs> Early in his career, he did a lot and he's very, very, very funny. And it helps that like the script for this movie was genuinely brilliant for being a fucking movie about a mermaid Mermaid. who comes to New York City. A fish. (laughs) And like you said, Tom Hanks' comedic timing is hilarious. Like even in moments where it shouldn't be funny, like when, so uh, spoiler alert, Eugene Levy is in this movie. Which (laughs) you already know how we feel about Eugene Levy. Love that man. And he's like convinced that Daryl Hannah is a mermaid, but he can't get any proof. And so he keeps like injuring himself trying to get proof. And eventually he hoses her down out in the streets of New York and she turns back into a fish. And so her and Tom Hanks get taken to like this science lab to be like, you know, studied or 
I guess, experimented yeah. on. And yeah, and Tom is naked in a fish tank, hooked up to a bunch of wires, and he just screams, <laughs> I, I am, am not, not a fish! fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's one, so good! That is one of my favorite fucking scenes in this movie. So, so good. This man is a butt-ass nude in this fish tank. Naked. And he just looks at the guy and goes, I am not a fish! <laughs> it's so fucking it funny. It is just like classic i had to pause the fucking and TV laugh. and laugh because i knew i was gonna miss like the rest of it yes but he's so good and another unexpected like laughing moment is when he is in the or he's about to break in the fucking door of the bathroom mm-hmm. <laughs> because daryl hannah has locked herself in the bathroom to take a bath so she could be herself so she can stretch her fins so she can stretch her little fin <laughs> Because she's a fucking fish. Because she a moy maid. Because she a moy maid. And he's like, I'm going to break down the door. Like, because he obviously hears her fall out of the tub because that bitch got no legs. Right. Yes, correct. She falls out of the tub. He breaks down the door and she's like, everything's fine. Like, I was just shy. And she leaves and he just like stares at the tub and goes like, she's shy. But the way he delivers the line. Incredible. There's no way I can even replicate it like in this moment. The way he does it is so unique. Yes. And so effortless. It is so clear to me why this man is regarded as one of the greatest, if not the greatest actor of all time. If that flows through you like the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And you are able to make... If the script of Splash if the, flows through you like the goddamn Holy Ghost. Then you must be Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Tyler Perry. <laughs> we love you, man. We love you and your studio. Massive. We love you and all the work you do. Massive. Love that guy. Oh, Splash is great. Highly recommend going to watch it. It was a surprise at how, how much I enjoyed that. Please. And the story is actually very rich and, and life Surprisingly touching. Very touching. It's really just about like opening yourself up to love. Yeah. And like love across barriers. Some Your barrier might be that your chosen one is a fish. And also like Tom's okay. face when he sees her for the first time as a fish as a fish brilliant <laughs> crazy absolutely bananas <laughs> and when they finally go into the water together together one fish because he's becoming a merman one I guess. biped into the water <laughs> together forever together forever under the sea under the sea under the sea Darling, it's better down or it's wetter. Take, Take it, it from, from me. me. Take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to our next film, Monica. Another which is aquatic adventure. <laughs> All three of these aquatic adventures. <laughs> the next film is Castaway. It came out in 2000, written by William Broyles Jr., directed by Robert Zemeckis. Chuck, played by Tom Hanks, a top international manager for FedEx, and Kelly, played by Helen Hunt, a PhD student, are in love and heading towards Mowage. Then Chuck's plane to Malaysia is taken down at sea during a terrible storm. He's the only survivor, and he washes up on a tiny island with nothing but some debris and FedEx packages from the aircraft's cargo. Can he survive in this tropical wasteland and return to the woman he loves? First of all, how on earth... Are there any uncharted islands 
on this planet anymore. I mean, there's got to be, right? How? Explain it to me. Take out a well, book and explain it to me. Well, I guess here's the thing. It's not that it was uncharted because it was on a map. Remember, she shows it to him. Yes. They just didn't think that he would be there because of how far he drifted from the wreckage. Okay, facts. So I don't know anything about check there. I don't know anything about maritime disasters. <laughs> me neither. All I know, <laughs> getting lost at sea sounds pretty fucking awful. It's if like you ask me, literally my worst nightmare. So like <laughs> the thing that I'm in, that I am most afraid of in this. Okay, it's like two things, right? The number one thing that I'm most afraid of in this world, uh-huh. irrationally, tsunamis. <laughs> okay. Period. End of discussion. Sure. If one happened right now, I think I might die. Okay. <laughs> Not because of the tsunami. Just because of fear of the tsunami? Because of the fear of the tsunami. Which, by the way- It's going to be your memoir title. If a tsunami comes, tsunami. don't run. It's going to fucking take you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that hopeful tip, Monica. Seek- Next week <laughs> on Bleak Reality is <laughs> you know how in movies they show all the guys like running away from the no yeah because it's a fucking wave of course you would run right but it's too fast you would fucking get caught in it anyway well so just stand there well. <laughs> i bet that's what they teach all the kids in school where tsunami you see it coming just stand there seek higher ground <laughs> so here's a building not a tree though not a tree <laughs> They're not tall enough. (laughs) Okay. Out of the tsunami talk. I also am very afraid of open water slash deep ocean. Yes. Just Mm -mm. any situation where I really can't get out of it. That's why I'm really afraid of space because you're just like, what the fuck is up here? Nothing. in deep water, you are also there and you cannot get out of it. Exactly. It's like one of the, it's like some of the like highest pressure. Uh Uh-huh ever for yeah. a human being is being like in that deep ocean yeah that's why you see all those guys in those like big metal suits yes because otherwise they would crush under the that's tons so of pressure so scary uh but anyway cast away the entire <laughs> plot of cast away is about a man who is a fedex god yes god of fedex who's the god of fedex he gets taken down in a storm mm-hmm. in his tiny, teeny, weeny FedEx ship and then survives. I mean, it's, a, it's a large cargo plane. Okay, it's big, but <laughs> it looks small when it's broken into pieces, doesn't it, Jessica? Oh, wow, how poetic. Exactly. <laughs> this man's rafts out in these streets to the fucking island uh-huh. and manages to survive and the story is compelling and it is raw and the only man for this job is tom hanks like the plot of this movie is genuinely brilliant and i feel like a lot of people forget like the beginning of this film because i mean obviously what sticks with you is tom hanks stuck on an island obviously <laughs> you just remember that scene with the cgi water coming exactly. in and you're like, Fuck! exactly and i forgot a lot of what happens in the beginning of this film like he has a very like serious hardened career man who mm-hmm. he has a soft spot for helen hunt but that's kind of it that's it besides that he's very into his career he's very obsessed with time and it sets it up beautifully because that's exactly what he loses and that's like his biggest nightmare and his biggest fear is losing time and this fucking asshole loses four fucking years 
of time. And not only does he lose time, but he can't even like that. That's just another layer of unimaginable fear. Like not only are you stuck in this place, but you're stuck in this place and you can't even just like let your loved ones know that you're alive. Like, have you ever been in a situation like that where you're like, I can't even calm these people's fears? Nope. <laughs> Horrifying. Like horrible. It, it made me feel like, um, this is not the same. Obviously I've never been stuck on an Island, but when I was watching this, I was like, this kind of feels like when I studied abroad, and when I got to London and my phone didn't work there, obviously, and we couldn't get our Wi-Fi code for two days. So I couldn't even call my mom to tell her I had made it to London and be like, I don't know anybody. I'm scared. I miss home. So I was just by myself in a foreign country for the first time in my life. And I couldn't talk to anyone. I was horrified. Oh my God. It felt like that. <laughs> oh my god your own personal castaway it's the same th- it's exactly the same thing right listen every time i talk to at least one other human being which is really not that often <laughs> they express their love of castaway to me it's a great movie or they give me some kind of reference to castaway yeah like wilson like Wilson. opening all the FedEx packages in mm-hmm. the in the deserted island, it's always like which which package would you like sent to you on a deserted island? And you always say like I don't know a wrench or like <laughs> a wrench or like a machete <laughs> matches matches. But then in your secret heart of hearts is like my phone, <laughs> my laptop, <laughs> Wi Fi, my laptop, a Wi Fi router, <laughs> running water, the Google campus clean purified water <laughs> that isn't made out of my pee oh no so sad it's depressing it's really depressing anywho tom hanks in the beginning of this movie to your point jessica is like a man obsessed with not with keeping efficiency up for efficiency's sake yeah right so the root of his desire comes out of a need to constantly be on top of the game or ahead of the game right never behind and it's not for any particular reason other than he wants to do it to be the best right and because he's i think quite literally afraid of time yeah i mean and also it is it is a huge part of his job like literally his job revolves around him making sure that fedex runs as swiftly as possible so if he doesn't stay on top of it like he's not good at his job and for neurotic behavior like that i think putting someone on a deserted island is kind of fucking brilliant their worst nightmare because it's their worst nightmare nightmare. and i think you really find yourself when you're put in these like insane situations which is what ends up happening to tom hanks's character in this movie right is he learns to become more self-sufficient and less reliant on time Mm -hmm. and more open to like new experiences and more open to the passage of time as opposed to feeling the need to constantly control it and constantly be like the master of that universe yeah so it's pretty cool it fucking blows that he can't like (laughs) see his family (laughs) yeah yeah but otherwise i mean there are so many phenomenal scenes when he's on the island that I think about quite often when I think about like a disaster movie or like some kind of like deserted island movie. This one is honestly the best one of them all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the fact this movie's two and a half hours long, which, you know, we like a tight 90, but this movie feels short to me, honestly. And I'm, I really enjoy its length. It's one of the rare ones. Um, But I think 
it's especially a feat for him as an actor because you are with just him for like two hours and that's kind of crazy and I'm not bored at all. I'm like riveted and he's not talking the whole time. He only talks sometimes and it's usually to himself or to a volleyball. Um, (laughs) So that, I mean, that takes a lot of talent and he has to find ways to keep you engaged the entire time. And I think he does it because he really understands the emotional complexity of this, of, of the issue at hand, because like, He's not only fighting for his life and you're seeing that, but he's also like in shock for quite a long time. And then goes through various periods of being in shock. And then he's also grieving like the potential loss of his own life, like the literal loss, like his, his potential death. He's also grieving the loss of like his, his civilian life back home Mm -hmm. and the loss of his fiance and just everything. And on top of it, I think there is a part of him that is almost like disappointed in himself that he didn't do his job because he doesn't actually like start opening those FedEx packages until like later. It's been a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) It's been at least like a week or so. He collects them all when he reaches the island. Yeah. But then he sets them aside. Yeah. uh, And doesn't open them, which I think kind of says everything. Yeah. Like he's a rule follower. He's not going to open someone else's mail. He's not going to open someone else's mail. It is a federal crime to open someone else's mail. Like it's such a brilliant character moment for him to like wait until he can't possibly take it anymore Mm -hmm. to open someone else's packages because God forbid a search and res- search and rescue team comes for him like the next day uh-huh. and he has committed a crime yes <laughs> and he has opened someone else's and FedEx he has packages. done the opposite of his job which it's is insane open a package that was meant for someone's specifics hands yes. to get to them on time <laughs> it is so just good that like that little detail that he does is just so fucking good yeah and it all of those tiny details, all of the, all of these tiny moments with Tom Hanks is what makes this movie. Yeah. The plane crash doesn't make this movie. The big scene with him and Wilson doesn't make this movie. Even it's though all, it's fucking heart-wrenching. Even though it truly is Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> what makes this movie are those tiny little choices that Tom Hanks makes as we spend all of this time with just him mm-hmm. on this island with his brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing because he also like he doesn't hesitate to find the humor in it and like the black comedy in it. And like he 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 acts like, okay. I think it works so well because Tom Hanks is acting as if the island is like the actor opposite him. Yes. The the island is another it's a full on other character in this movie. Like he acts like the island is always just sitting there mocking him and trying to ruin his life and he can't do anything but like laugh at it and scream (laughs) sometimes literally yes it's so funny but then he like he finds moments to find like tiny tiny pockets of joy like when he makes fire for the first time yes and he's like look what i have created or when he fishes (laughs) successfully for the first time yes so good all so good and there's so much pride in him Mm -hmm. and you want to celebrate these little wins with him even though like the bigger picture of it all is dude you're gonna die yeah obviously as a viewer if you haven't seen this movie before you have no idea whether this man is going to survive or not Mm -hmm. you really just hope for the best alongside his journey but like 
you can't help but disengage every now and again and go, bro, is tomorrow going to be the day you die? Right? <laughs> yes, it's insane because he's on there for four fucking years. Oh, and then is. to add to that, to add to all of these emotions he's already feeling about being stuck on this fucking island, he decides to to try and get home. And th- th- like from that moment to the end of the movie is a fucking emotional roller coaster because while you're so excited for him and while he's really happy at the prospect of being home, he knows how unlikely it is for him to get rescued at sea. So he's like sobbing, paddling away from this island and then Wilson falls off the raft and then he can't get him back because if he gets him back, he'll lose his raft and then he's crying more. It's so fucking sad it's grueling it's so sad but then he does get back and he cannot believe it but the love of his life has married mr big and it's just (laughs) tajik and just like that his (laughs) life got fucked up it's just the emotional complexity of this movie is insane and this character has to feel so everything dude First of all, the man has a career out of a memoir and like motivational speaking. So he will never want for anything. Truth. But also she married Mr. Big. Yeah. His life is over Mm -hmm. because the only thing he cared about at the beginning of this movie was Helen Hunt's character. This is literally the only reason he survived. The only thing keeping him going the entire time was the prospect of seeing the love of his life being with the love of his life and eventually marrying the love of his Mm -hmm. life, which that's the promise of a bright future that he had at the beginning of the movie that slowly dwindled and fizzled out by the end because of what ended up happening with her character, which is like you said, she got married and I think she was like pregnant or something. She had a kid already. She had a kid already. And like to bear witness to that, after having been gone for four years, the choice that Tom <laughs> Hanks made to feel everything but feel it quietly yeah, because of how much, like, honestly, stoicism he practiced on the island. <laughs> that and also, like, it's still, even four years later, it's still unbelievable. <laughs> like, it's he still, doesn't know how to express that feeling. Exactly. You know? It's like, it's like shock and grief yeah. and loss. Yeah. And, like, and also, like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. I must move on. My dame is with another man. <laughs> My dame. My dame is gone. <laughs> so, this movie is so special in so many different ways. But the thing that holds this movie together is the delicious glue that is Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. I mean, he makes the movie. He makes the fucking movie. This movie was made for this man. So good. And the joy he feels, you feel so deeply. Mm -hmm. The sorrow he feels, you feel so deeply. It is so hard to find an actor that you can really resonate with in kind of any situation. Yeah. And he has managed to, like, capture America this way. (sighs) It's kind of crazy. It's insane. God bless Tom. Thomas Jeffrey Hanks or Jeremy or whatever the (laughs) fuck his name is. God bless him. Monica, should you bring it home with our final aquatic Tom Hanks? I'll bring it home. Although I'm never going to forgive him for, uh, you know, bringing Chet fucking Hanks into Into the world. world. Yeah. We love you, Colin. We could blame Rita for that if we wanted to. No, Rita's a treasure. Rita is a treasure. Rita fucking But I have a feeling she really spoils Chet 
and like doesn't tell him like it is. You know what? That's the vibe I get. I'm going to say yes to that. Okay. I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> She's like, nice. He'll, he'll figure it out of it. He'll find Tom his way. Tom is like, Chet. And Chet's Tom's causing like, problems. He's in his 30s, Rita. <laughs> Chet's causing problems for me. <laughs> it's okay, Tom. Don't worry. Why is she a New Yorker all of a sudden? I don't know. Oh. She's a Long Island mom. <laughs> okay, Monica, tell us about the final film. All right, y'all bitches already know this other maritime movie. Y'all already know it's called Captain Fucking Phillips. <laughs> Otherwise known as is in the title, aka Captain Phillips. <laughs> it came out in 2013, one year after the supposed 2012 apocalypse. That should tell you everything. <laughs> Written by Billy Ray, not Cyrus. Directed by Paul Greengrass. Based on the book A Captain's Duty: Somali Pirates, Navy Seals, and Dangerous Days at Sea by Richard Phillips and Stephen. Tall T or Stefan. Yeah, I don't know which one because it's an A. It's so. either Stephen or Stefan or Stefan or, or Stefan or Stefan. It's okay. Nah. <laughs> the true story of Captain Richard Phillips, played by the one and only Tom Hanks, and the 2009 hijacking by Somali pirates of the U.S. flagged MV Maersk, Alabama, the first American cargo ship to be hijacked in two hundred years pirating <sighs> fell out of style and then it came back trendier than ever <laughs> i mean it was still in style but the u.s ships just weren't getting hijacked they exactly. were people were trying to rob them but this was the first like successful hijacking in Jesus. 200 years of a u.s cargo ship which is crazy it's crazy i didn't think i would enjoy this movie like i thought i'd kind of be bored me too i wasn't bored i, I wasn't mean there bored. were moments where i was like Let's Get speed on it up. It. But I find, and this is, sounds terrible to say, but like hostage crises are very exciting. Argo by Ben Affleck. <laughs> An exciting film. John Goodman in that movie. Es that other guy. They're all good. Especially when you have Tom Hanks doing some killer dialect work. Oh God. Ha. <laughs> in the harbor. My in name is Tom harbor. Hanks. It's not even the accent. <laughs> What am I doing? Now, I did, I, I don't know if you read this, but I read that like the real Captain Phillips, like a lot of people sued him after this because he like fully knew that there would be pirates in these waters. And he was like, no, we're going anyway. Yeah. Which <laughs> by the way, in the movie, they make a small effort to like show that Captain Phillips got emails saying like, beware yeah Pir beware ye pirates yeah and he was just like eh. yeah but also his character like made them go through safety drills yeah, in the movie he he knows but he's like but this is the route we have to take whereas in reality it was not the route we they had to take they did it he did it to get there faster yes yeah which <clears throat> to each their own Captain Phillips, I feel like you did a bad, bad so thing. So we're going to judge the fake Captain Phillips. Yeah. So the one portrayed to us in the for movie. the purposes <laughs> of this podcast, we are only going to be focusing on the fictitious character of, of Captain, Captain Phillips, Phillips. <laughs> played by Thomas. Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Jeffrey Hanks. Yes. 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 Um, I think it's like a blanket statement for this movie. I really, really respect that the writers and filmmakers or the writer and filmmaker, um, like gave a lot of humanity and reality and backstory to the Somali people and their situation. Like it wasn't just kind of 
ignoring them and then they show up and they're pirates and they're villains. Like it did a really good job of explaining what conditions are like there and how there really is no choice if you want to live. And I think gave like showed them a lot of compassion at various points through the film. And I really appreciated that. And I think it just made it a, a more interesting movie to like not hate. I mean, you don't like them the whole time, but you like understand them. And it was, yeah. I mean, there's this line in the movie that I really love where all of the Somali pirates are gathered together on the ship with Captain Phillips, the ship that they are about to, uh, you know, take over. Yeah. And Captain Phillips is like, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I, I, I don't understand um, like we never did anything to you. Like you can just take the money and go. Mm-hmm. And um, the main, the main Somali pirate captain mm-hmm. looks at him and is like, I mean, outsiders come to our waters and they fish from our waters. And Captain Phillips is like, well, no, these are international waters. These is everyone's water. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand we have nothing to fish. (laughs) You may see it as like your pond, like it's everyone's pond. But the reality is that you take the resources from our pond and force us to do this. Yeah. And there's so much humanity behind that statement because it's really about like survival for them Mm -hmm. and less about greed because they need it. And a lot of the times you're reminded that the Somali pirates are actually like subcontractors yeah (laughs) from like a bigger force that we never see on screen yeah that will kill them if they do not return successfully yeah i mean that's why it's a good movie because ultimately it comes down it's a story about survival but not just for tom hanks surviving against them it's about all of them surviving this entire situation Mm -hmm. and unfortunately not all of them do um but I, yeah, that's why it is so fascinating to watch and entertaining, even though like it does drag on at moments. And I mean, it's it's a boat hijacking movie. You know, it, it really is. <laughs> and the reality is like so much of what they're doing is so hard to understand yeah. on a technical level. Yes. Because one, I don't spend any time on floating wooden objects in the water. Uh, remember how we talked about our fear of the ocean? I don't go in the ocean. I hang out on the sand and like leave my GPS on. <laughs> And that's about the extent. You tell everyone where you are and you turn on find my friends. This is why I like pools. <laughs> Only tiny tsunamis can why form we live in, in Los Angeles. This is Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, but we will, in the next earthquake, fall into the water. Oh, please. Like Let's our, not talk about Our it. whole chunk, like our whole coastline. Drop right off. We'll just drop right the fuck off. <laughs> I'm prepared for that, though. Oh, okay. Getting, you like, are? Diving into the water is different than a body of water, like rising <laughs> above you and crushing you like a fucking flies water. You're right. That is different. Anywho. Anywho. Back to Tom. Back to Tom. This movie is difficult to follow on a technical level. Mm-hmm. However, the way that specifically Tom mm-hmm. maneuvers his character is how the audience understands what is going on yes. based on his fear level. Yes. Based on his level of like cool as a cucumber versus freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So there are multiple levels to the way that his character reacts that is a gauge for how the audience reacts. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely brilliant because I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, I don't know like how many knots, like wh- why are knots being talked about? 
No one's tying anything. That's the speed that the boat goes. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So Tom acting or behaving in a certain way Mm -hmm. allows us to feel like what is actually going on. Yeah. It's so good. And he's done a really, he did in a short period of time before like the big action happens in the movie. He does a really good job of like establishing who he is as a captain, as like a maritime captain. And like, he's all business all the time. Like Captain Phillips doesn't fuck around, at least in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a scene where everyone is in the break room mm-hmm. and they're like enjoying their coffee and their 15 minutes are definitely up. Yeah. But, like they're enjoying themselves. And Captain Phillips is, like walks in and is like, all right. Like, yeah. And everyone's pissed go. off at him. <laughs> Yeah, and they think that like him running safety drills is like overkill and they they think he's being dramatic, but he has these he's he has enough experience and he has these really really on point protective instincts and like the man means business because he has to mean business because the stakes when you're on the open fucking water on a giant piece of metal are very very high higher than I thought they would be. <laughs> Dude, it's so different than on land because Okay, here my dumbass was sitting on my bed watching this movie. Yeah. Thinking like, why don't they just get off the boat? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, why don't they just make the boat go faster? Like, Monica, you're so stupid. Like, <laughs> they can't get off the fucking boat, you dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> they will die in the open water. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. The stakes are so high. And so like he, as the captain- he has to stay as calm as possible, but he also has to show us that he's fucking terrified. Yes. It's just, there's again, a lot of emotional complexity Bayers. and you watch him like push his fear so far down and turn it into power and like strategy in a way. Mm-hmm. Like this man has his eyes on everything 24 yes. seven. And like, that's his superpower. But it's also, you're like scared for him the entire time the entire so, time oh it's a nail biter there is a scene where tom hanks as captain phillips is talking and negotiating well not really not negotiating because this this Trying man has negotiate. zero negotiating power <laughs> um he's talking to the somali pirates and he has his hand on the walkie-talkie mm-hmm. like talk button so his what he's saying is being transmitted to his crew down in the engine room. Yeah. Like many levels down in the boat where they're trying to hide um, so that the, the Somali pirates won't find them. And as he is saying what he's saying, he's making sure to like bury clues within what he's saying so Mm -hmm. that the people that his crew in the engine room know what he wants them to do yeah like he's talking to them about how he's talking to the somali pirates about how oh when we get down there you know you have to understand that it's going to be really dark because all the emergency lights will be off because the boat is fucked up so you know we we might we might want to bring flashlights and as he's saying that the crew's like fuck okay he wants us to turn off the lights yeah everyone turn off the lights and hide it's that kind of strategy it's that kind of strategy that puts Captain Phillips ahead mm-hmm. in this. And it's ultimately what causes him to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, and also like 
his ability to somehow hold an element of sympathy and understanding for these people, I think is ultimately what keeps him alive and being able to have a genuine conversation with them and treat them like humans, despite the fact that they are not treating him well at all, because ultimately he gets put on this like teeny tiny, like lifeboat, essentially. It looks like a submarine, but it's a lifeboat. Yeah. Um, and it also this, this, it's shot in such close quarters that the anxiety is just- All time high. Insane. And the acting is astoundingly impressive be- given like how close they are to each other and how tight the space is. But yeah, he's able to kind of like understand where these people are coming from and like tell them, you know, like you guys are young. You have a lot going for you. Don't make, don't make this- what you go down for don't make this be like your claim to fame because you're gonna get arrested the uh, america is not going to stop like the navy seals will kill you yeah or they will imprison you yes. it's one of two options so like you just need to stop and like do what you can for the rest of your <laughs> to like save the rest of your life and i think that's what keeps him alive and it also what keeps him interesting through this very, very long sequence of him just being in this boat. And I think in reality, he was in there for like a week or something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of insane. Yeah, it's close quarters and he's held captive on this tiny, yeah. tiny bobbing boat in the middle of the fucking ocean. And we're talking open water. There is land nowhere near them. Mm-hmm. They have to go for miles and miles and miles until they reach any semblance of land. So, like the claustrophobia in this movie it's real. <laughs> is off the fucking charts. I'm telling you right now that if you like, like if you get claustrophobic watching claustrophobic situations, don't yeah, watch, this, don't movie. watch this, movie. this movie. You don't want to because <laughs> the filmmakers make it very apparent to mm-hmm. you that this is a very tight space yes. in a very like tight area. And like, there's no air and you like, you're going to die. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about Barkad Abdi, yes. um, which I really hope that I'm pronouncing his name right. And if I'm not, I'm truly sorry. Uh, it is the phonetic spelling that I'm reading. But he is a Somali-American actor and he played the captain of the Somali pirates yeah. in this film. He won a BAFTA for it, which is like so fucking well-deserved because- Against Tom Hanks, this man held his own. Oh, yeah. And he spun a story with such pristine, silky pleasure Mm -hmm. that I was like on the edge of my seat every time this man opened his goddamn mouth. I was like, you, sir, sir pirate. (laughs) Sir pirate. Are a goddamn star. And (laughs) I mean, he is currently doing like so many other things for like Hulu and like a bunch of other streaming services and he's like done movies since Captain Phillips. Yeah. But Captain Phillips is what put him- It's his first movie. Like on the map, period. Yeah, I think he was like a cab driver in Minnesota. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But it was just so cool to see him shine and to see him not be less than Tom Hanks. Yeah. Be like at Tom Hanks's level, which is so exciting and thrilling to watch. Yes. Like watching him and Tom Hanks together in this movie is what made this movie for me. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then like his character eventually gets like taken off of 
the boat. Yes. Because they, they trick him. Yeah. They capture him because he's the most powerful of them. Yeah. They trick him. And then I think what is the most rewarding seems like a bad word to use in a movie about a hostage, but I guess what is the most rewarding is like a viewer and what gives you the most like emotional, like payoff payoff is because Tom Hanks has been so like steady and for the most part, like in control for most of the time. And then towards the end of the movie, he's in a situation where he's like, I think I'm, I'm going to die. Like, I think I'm going to die. Like he literally starts writing a letter to his family with like a random pen and paper he found on the ship. That emotional escalation towards the end is like so raw and so sad and so real that it like made me emotional when I was watching it. And the part where I just like, I was like, I can't do this anymore is when they're blindfolding him and Ugh. they have the phone to uh, with the hostage negotiator. And he is just like, he's like, I'm done. I'm all done. And seeing Tom Hanks as Captain Phillips give up is heart wrenching. It's so heart wrenching. My damn heart out. That's so crazy because I held it together through that moment. But the moment that I lost it was when the Navy SEALs executed. Oh yeah. All three of them. All three of them. And Tom Hanks has a second, a brief second of just silence. Yeah. Cause like, he's like, I don't know if it was, did I get shot? And then he hyperventilates and he's like, what happened? What was that? What was that? And he's sobbing and he like tries to take his blindfold off and he already knows what happened. You can tell in his voice that he knows what happened, but he doesn't want to believe it because he had gotten emotionally attached to specifically this one kid yeah. in the Somali pirate, like, I guess, gang. Yeah. Um, and he loses it. He loses it because it's it was the, the one thing that he wanted to make sure happened, mm-hmm. happened which was, I want to keep these pirates alive. Like, this is still my ship. (laughs) It was almost like that, which I thought was really funny and what made his character so charming and so, like, rah-rah all the way through the end is he was still like, even though I'm not the captain, this is still my ship, goddammit. This Mm -hmm. lifeboat is still my ship and I do not want any of the crewmates on the ship to die. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make sure to coach them through the... Because he could have literally just been like yeah sure rile up the navy seals please i want you all dead execute these assholes but you have to remember that any ship that he's on he's the captain yeah and why on earth would he want any of his crew members to die so in a moment like in that moment i lost it because it was like he not only is horrified at what happened right he's not only traumatized by what happened but he's also feeling failure because his crew is dead. Yeah. And it's, that's his ship. It's so fucking complex. Uh. And it's so good. And then they do rescue him. And then he just starts sobbing and he's like, I <laughs> like what's happening. I'm hurt. This isn't my blood. None of this is my blood. Well, mm-hmm. God, can you fucking imagine? I know. Jesus Christ. Uh. <sighs> Tom, Tom and Barkod just do an incredible it's a, it's job a very it's good really there like it's, it's like their movie equally when when the oscars happened this the year that this came out and he did not get nominated i remember everyone was like mad about it they were like i would be tom mad hanks got snubbed and i remember because i hadn't seen it this was like one of the only movies i hadn't seen that year i was like did he like it's a fucking movie about a ship i too <laughs> thought it was just a movie about a ship then i watched it and i was like 
motherfucker got snubbed. <laughs> and like, dare I say, it is one of the most compelling stories I've ever seen unfold on screen. <laughs> because it not only deeply surprised me, but it also allowed me to see like what Tom Hanks can do with that accent and mm-hmm. those like, those ramifications. Oh yeah. <laughs> so good. Highly recommend Captain Phillips. Oh, dude. Never thought I'd say that. I never (laughs) in a million years thought that I would say, run, don't walk to go see Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. (laughs) Um, Uh, You can't stream it anywhere right now. I think you could stream it on Stars if you have Stars. Yeah, I rented it. I rented it. $3.99 on iTunes, baby. Baby. Go for it. Go for it. I am the captain now. (laughs) Look at me. I'm the captain now. I am the captain now. Uh, well, that was Tom Hanks. That was Thomas for now. Jeffrey Hanks, father of Colin Hanks, and and Chet, and, Chet and two Hanks. others, and the other ones, and the other ones. But mostly Colin Hanks, which <gasps> we love you. Yes, you keep shining, <laughs> Monica. I'm gonna ask you what you dabbled in, but we dabbled in the same thing, so we should just talk about it together. We'll talk about it together, and then I have a, a separate. Dabble. Oh, you have a separate. Da- I'm so sorry. <laughs> just tell me the separate one first. Okay, separate one first. Uh, last week I had the immense privilege of going to a movie screening, a short film screening, uh-huh. um, at, a Raleigh, Raleigh studios, mm-hmm. something or other. One of the, one of the studios. Okay. Uh, to go see the film, the film teacher at my old high school that I used to go. I obviously don't go there now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe you're still lying about your age. Maybe I am. Uh, but uh, the film teacher at my school, Dave Massey, he had two two short films screening. Uh, I was invited, uh, and it was it was so lovely. How cute! I was the only uh, girl there of ah. all of the people who ever like took film with David Massey. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but it was really lovely because. I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, David Massey's uh, short film, mm-hmm. Last Breeze of Summer, was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, shit. Um, and he it made him the first African-American to be nominated in the live action short film category. Oh, fuck yeah. That's so cool. It was pretty sick. It was I amazing. I had no idea that he was your film teacher. It was amazing watching him like present this film mm-hmm. with all of the people that he like originally made it with. And it was so nice because he screened it alongside a new film of his called Passage, which is Mm -hmm. incredible if you get the chance to go see it. Um, It's about the insurrections that happened during the transatlantic slave trade. Over like 300 ships were were unaccounted for, like never made it to the new world because the um, there were Africans on the ship that like. It, you know mutiny more maritime things that i don't understand but they basically like <laughs> overpowered the white people and it coup? was wonderful yes there was a coup d'etat <laughs> there was an insurrection uh and it was really cool to see like those stories but the last breeze of summer is uh, about a young girl who um wants really desperately to go to a white school in in 1950s uh maybe early 60s mm-hmm. um in the south and it was really nice to sort of like see it digitized in that way and because it was shot on film and it was just like really it was a really like lovely little experience that's so cool very I lovely that. so that's what i did wow very film related very <laughs> nice <laughs> 
uh shout out david massey yeah shout out we stan uh jessica yeah what did you dabble in well i'm gonna talk about our joint dabble so monica and i went and saw um <laughs> the house of gucci Ich casa de gucci house of gucky house of gucky <laughs> We have a lot of feelings about it. We won't, we won't go into all of them because th- we've been we've been talking for a long time now. Nah. What I will say, <laughs> I think you should see the movie just for Jared Leto. Jared Leto is the star of this movie. Change my fucking mind. I'm so sad that he's getting poorly reviewed because I think it's a combination of things. I think people are afraid to say Lady Gaga isn't amazing. And I'm not saying that you can't think she's good, like genuinely Mm -hmm. think she's good. You can, you can have your opinion, but I really do think that there are people who just like don't want to besmirch the name of Lady Gaga. It's like saying Beyonce's not good at something. Exactly. You don't want to be the person that's saying Beyonce's not good at something. Yeah. And I think because of all the press that House of Gucci got and how Lady Gaga was like, I lived for a year and a half as Patrizia. I spoke in an accent for nine months. Blah, it blah, was blah, blah, blah. me. I was her. Uh, like, I just, I think people are afraid to say that it wasn't that good. Slash, there's a lot of, like, the movie is so fucking long. Dude, it's, this movie is two and a half hours it's too long. long it's too fucking long it is a whole hour too long like it's just too much and i so <laughs> i think that is like clouding people's judgment when it comes to the acting in this movie i think they're just like yeah the acting's really good but it's campy and long the other thing i mean <laughs> because you were talking about jared leto the other thing i wanted to say about jared leto is yes the lady gaga thing but also like he was the only person doing like a true mm-hmm. Italian accent. Yes. And we're not and saying like, this just for us. We No, no, no. We researched. Real Italians said this. We researched this. <laughs> uh, and everyone else was doing British, Russian, German. Vague Europe. Vague <laughs> Eastern European. Vague Northern European. Vague Western European. Yeah. Like all these fucking accents except italian except any dialect of italian (laughs) and so against everyone else he literally looked he came off as like a caricature of an italian yeah it sounded like he was doing like the fakest fucking italian accent you've ever heard (laughs) when in reality he's the only one doing it correctly and the thing is is movie reviewers don't know this shit like or they don't I feel like they're not researching that before they go and review the movie. They're not. Because they're all like, he's terrible. He's too campy. He's a caricature, whatever. And I was like, and yet he's the only redeeming part of that entire movie because he's so fucking funny. He's so good. There's this line. The character is insane. There's this insane line in the movie where he's talking to Adam Driver's (laughs) character, Maurizio Maurizio. Gucci. And... (laughs) He looks at him dead in the eye because he's betrayed him. Yes. And calls him, you're a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Some of the lines that Jared Leto has, uh, insane. So fucking good. Go see it just for him. Honestly, truly, just go see it. Also, if you have the time, The Cut uh, in New York Magazine, they are the ones who came out with an article and they they uh, they interviewed like five like Italian dialect coaches, mm-hmm. and they all said the exact same thing, which was, 
what is Lady Gaga doing? Mm -hmm. What accent is that? It is vaguely Russian. I'm so confused. (laughs) And Jared Leto had the best accent in the entire movie because he was doing a more genuine Italian accent. And Adam Driver's accent is not good, but you forgive it because his acting is good. You really do forgive it because his acting is good. And then what's his face just gave up. He just gave a British (laughs) accent. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that was House of Gucky. It was too long. It really should have been a miniseries because there's so much rich story. There's a lot. Selma Hayek is in there, but she's kind of a throwaway character. You're like, who are you? Exactly. (laughs) She's some kind of a witch. Still, honestly, fitting. still not Very certain. Very fitting. I love it. Still not certain about it. She has a lot of cats. At the end of the day, it was a visually stunning film. Very, very pretty. Beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. Yeah. Uh, would I see it again? No. I would see it again if one of my friends was like, I really want to see it. Will you please go with me? And like, no, but would me to? you see it again? I, not on my own. No. There you go. No. But if someone asked me to go with them and like really wanted me to, I would go. You if know they what? paid for my ticket. But you know what movie I would see again? What? Ghostbusters. The new one? The new one. I haven't seen Ghostbusters it. Ghostbusters colon afterlife. I haven't seen it. Or is it just Ghostbusters comma afterlife? I don't know. But my friend Tyler uh, was, was uh, worked to help on it. Oh. You go girl. Shout out Tyler. Shout out Tyler. Uh, speaking of Tyler's. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh sex lives of college girls is is really good it's on it's on uh is there a tyler in that no oh okay no i just i don't know it felt like a good segue good well it's really good it's it's mindy kaling's new show uh please go watch it you know anything written by women please go see it (laughs) give them more money give them money i would do anything To not have the score at the Academy Museum be Joker, but here we are. (laughs) The other thing I can wish for is for you to go see things written by women. So that's the easier thing. I think that's good. That's the easier thing. Well, on that note, don't don't sue us, Daddy Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Good night, Monica. Bon nuit, Jessica. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. No, wait, that's hello. Buona notte. Buona notte.